being green can be so sexy. Well, at least you can be sexy and keep it green. Check out the Green Divas Eco Sexy Podcast for ways to keep it green in the bedroom or wherever you like to have sex. Well, this is so interesting. I, I really enjoyed chatting with this woman before I started recording. She is Sabine Sabine Lichtenfels. I hope I didn't massacre her name too badly. Um, she's a peace ambassador, an author, um, a theologian, and she's the head of global love the Global Love School and Spiritual Research at Tamara. She's also one of the founders of this beautiful place, a community in Portugal. Hi Sabine. Hello. <laughs> Thank and, you for pronouncing my name so precise. Well, I had to practice, as you know, I had to practice. Um, among the amazing work you're doing and have been doing for um, many years, you know, has to do with, and I, and I would encourage people to go to your website. Can you tell me what the website is again? Yes, it's www.tamera.org. Very simple. Yeah, it is that simple. And Tamara is pretty much exactly the way it sounds. Um, because there's some fascinating things when you – I was reading about you and learning about the work you and Dieter are doing um, and, and, and all the folks there, of course, in, in healing the gender war, which I happen to, to you know agree with. I, I was reading the philosophy you all are working with and – I totally get this. Can you just talk for a minute about some of the background here? Yes, of course. Uh, our project is existing since 1978. So we came all more from the political left wing and looking for a revolution. And then we noticed that uh, it's not a part, it's not the task to fight the system, but to develop new ones. And then looking deeper, we see that uh, the issue of love and sexuality is so unsolved on, in our societies, and it's offering a vessel which again and again guides to the same pain, to the same fear pattern, and to the same resistance pattern. And so we felt more and more that this is a very political issue. We have to figure out how new systems of society should be where trust is really the basic. And so we started 1978 to build community, and from there we came 1995 to Portugal, and we have 140 hectare land here, and create, uh, it's a, the question is, what is the peace culture about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I have to interject because in the mid '80s, I was up in the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts, and there was all these older women at the time. I was in my twenties, and they were feminists, and they had invited some big feminist special. Like, ooh, wow, it was a big deal for me to be in the presence of these women in this meeting, and and the woman was talking about how we have to conquer men and have to take over business and and all and i was sitting there scratching my head and i thought oh i'm going to get in trouble here and i and i raised my hand and i quietly said but 
But isn't feminine energy about healing and Mm -hmm. peace and unity and not fighting and conquering? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I thought, um, and then I just left the room. (laughs) Because they all stared at me like I was on fire, you know. Mm. Yeah, this is exactly what, uh, in the time when I studied, it was the same. I was very involved in the women's movement, and the feminism was very much about fighting the male, uh, the masculine energies, yeah. And uh, then the, the feminine became more and more like the masculine, taking the same roles. Yeah. Yeah. And the new culture is so much about the question, how can we really develop a partnership, a, par- a culture of partnership, and where the female and the masculine or the feminine and the masculine energies are really balanced. And there we as women have to remember quite deep uh, what is the real source of the feminine energy and also to understand more about the truth of Eros. And as I perceive it, I studied theology, and for me it was a shock to see how much the sexual issue were driven out of the society and it identified with evil. And yeah. Eve, who seduced Adam, was evil. Right. And this, yeah, it's still in, until today, I feel that we don't honor the Eros as a sacred energy which should be in the center of a culture. Right, a powerful, creative, loving force, right? Yes. Uh, so then I think Lynn, uh, Green Diva Lynn had connected with you with your work as your participation in this walking water. Can you explain what that was all about? Yes. This was a pilgrimage uh, where a group of people started in the Owens Valley and they do a pilgrimage for three years and facing the unsolved issue of the water in the United States. Wow. The big crisis about the water. Yes. And I was invited um, as someone who is a specialist for the question of to connect the ecological issue of healing the water uh, with the issue of love and sexuality. So my issue was healing water, healing love. And it was a very, very interesting pilgrimage uh, where we also connected with specialists from the water area. And, for example, Rajendra Singh, a very known water specialist from India, participated in it. Mm. And we visited uh, reservation Mm -hmm. camps, we visited farmers, we visited uh, all the different aspects and started a deep listening to each other and always with the question, where do the water come from, mm. and how should we connect with the water that healing can appear? Mm. And then you will see that water is so much uh, giving us a mirror how we deal with the energies of the earth without being really in contact. So the most people don't know any m- anymore from where is the water coming, for example. Right. And uh, if you look to the water, how... I like the sentence they have done to the arrows the same like to the water, to the rivers. Mm. They gave them uh, one street and allowed only there to flow. And then I started to to compare the water with the issue of the arrows. And the water always, if it can flow natural, brings uh, healing 
And also, if you look to the big floods which are happening right now, because the earth doesn't have really soil anymore, then you will see it's also the same, that Eros is in television everywhere presented, but there are no communities, no vessels where it can land and where the water can sink into the body of the community in this sense, yeah. Right, so it wreaks havoc because it's looking for a place to land. Yes, that's it. And so there I have written a whole comparison between these both issues because I feel we can learn so much if we really, really dare to listen deeply to the sources of life, to the sources of Mother Earth, and understand how we, which responsibility we have to take care for the sources. And from there, it's a point of abundance and not of lack. Right. And also there, I love to compare that in love, normally we are all, we have this pain pattern where our love is very quickly in the fear of loss. Mm. And so we create borders around our love relationship. Right. And the same we do with the water. If, we, if you look to Israel-Palestine, how much the war is also around the water. Mm. And water, water doesn't know borders. Water wants that we all together take care for it. And on the other side, water wants a real uh, awareness for the local situation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a really interesting way to think about it. Water doesn't know yes. borders. It just yes. goes. It just does. It just is. Yes. We were in, on one pilgrimage. We were in Jericho in, in the Middle East. There is a big spring, very big, beautiful spring. And we invited there Israelis and Palestinians. And normally Israelis are not allowed to go to the West Bank. And we had an event there about the water. And we uh, went around the area and we made visible which kind of natural water landscape there could be developed. That there is enough water for the whole Palestine. And then the water is coming down from the mountain from Israel. And the cooperation is needed. It's so important. And yeah, what as an, an example. Wonderful way to um, to illustrate. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it, water is very powerful, and I think we in the U.S. anyway tend to just take for granted. We turn on our tap; it comes out. Yeah. We don't really know where it's coming from, and half the time we don't even know what's in it. <laughs> That's it. It's so, so, it's really, you can meditate to, with the water for hours, and you will discover one secret after the next. Oh, well, and I, and I have, you know, we, we spoke to a guy, a gentleman named Dr. Wallace J. Nichols, who wrote a book, um, I think it's called The Blue Mind. And it's all, mind. yeah, and and, okay. and and he's all about, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, if not, you, you know, it might be interesting. Yeah. But it, we just spoke to him recently, and I had gone out to California by the ocean, and I had, I've always been kind of mindful and, and appreciated water, but, but keeping this new thought in mind about blue mind and about the connection to water spiritually emotionally mentally and that there's now science that says mm-hmm. we actually react uh mm-hmm. physically there are chemical reactions in our brain when we are near water yeah and yeah. uh of course you didn't need research to know that but yeah 
perhaps some of us do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really interesting. If you if you look back to the tribal wisdom, and also in the United States, there we have to face together that we, the indigenous people were hurt, oh, yeah? yeah, and there existed a wisdom about water and fire. Very deep, and on our pilgrimage, we visited a reservation camp, mm. and this was one place where it was allowed to light a fire, and to imagine how community life would happen if there would exist communities around yeah. those issues. Yeah, and I we created, or it was visible that the whole Owens Valley, which now is a desert, and the big lake, which once was there, doesn't exist anymore. And how the water situation could be so rich and there would be enough water for Los Angeles if the cooperation could really happen. Yeah, yeah. And these are beautiful examples where we can see the system change, which is needed. And I feel the core system change is really that we find back to tribal wisdom, that we find back that we are meant as human beings, as community beings, which are able to cooperate. And for this, we need wisdom in eros, wisdom in na nature, and wisdom how to deal with the energy. Well, I, I hope someday I get to come visit you in Portugal and and uh, see the community that you are building. And um, I mean, you've built it, but it's obviously evolving as everything does. Hmm. I'm fascinated by the work you're doing, and I'm hoping our audience will connect and uh, hmm. do a little homework. Um, and you have books that you've written, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure people can find out everything on Tamera, T-A-M-E-R-A dot org, right? Yes, I think it's a bit, it's very complex, but you will find everything what you are looking for, I think so, yes. Oh, I could have, re I could have read all day and I'm going to go back and read more <laughs> just on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time and your work and your continued effort to to bring us all back to uh, some awareness of of these connections that, that mm. we need to make. Yeah, thank you for inviting me and thank you for listening. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll talk again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Turned on yet? Well, go to thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about this Green Divas eco-sexy podcast and find other low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green.